Go thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. people. Welcome to tonight's episode of Bible News Radio. It's Sunday night, people. Yeah, it is. Which can only mean one thing. Well, maybe more than one thing. We are going to talk about the book of Jude tonight. End time warnings for the believer very important episode so if you uh, take the time to share this out that would be great sound like a plan Nichols, sister of Jamie Grace. Mm-hmm. The older sister. Yeah, she is. You So while you're waiting. Go get your Bible, open it up to the book of Jude, okay? J-U-D-E. Say what? God is faithful. Even when people who uh, say that they're going to be faithful, they don't. They're not. Um, And there's a lot of reasons for that, actually. So tonight, what we're going to do is we are going to talk about the issue of um, contending for the faith. And those of you who, you know, who are 
on my daily disciples text message list and you're familiar with uh, the Bible study that I'm doing every other Tuesday night. We're actually going through this book probably even a little bit more in depth than Bareface is going to be doing tonight. Uh, the book of Jude is Old Testament history and it's prophecy of the future, which is now, by the way, in case you didn't know that. I have to tell you, um, this morning I was listening to one of my favorite pastors, J.D. Farag, who is the pastor over in uh, Hawaii. He pastors uh, Calvary, Calvary Chapel of Hawaii. I, I don't know exactly. I forgot the exact name of his church, but you can, you can look him up on YouTube. Every week he does a prophecy uh, update, and then, of course, he preaches a regular sermon. But this past week, his prophecy update, if you're not a believer and you listen to that, I would be scared. Just saying. As a believer, you can be scared, but you can also, like, have some faith. <laughs> Let's just, we don't want you to be scared, but, you know, hey, you know, I'm going to tell you guys something. Um, I am 100% convinced, and nobody's going to be able to con convince me otherwise, that, that we are the generation to see the rapture of the church. 100% convinced. Now, I know that God, you know, says that no man knows the day or the, nor the hour. That's true. But for those with discerning spirits and who can see what's going on, the time is closer than, than it's ever been. And, I, and you know what's really weird is, you know, I got saved in about 1982. And it was right around the time when um, Hal Lindsey's book, The Late Great Planet Earth, was, was pretty popular um, you know, and, and it was, there was a, there was a book called Satan is Alive and Well on Planet Earth. And then there was also the late great planet Earth, the very cheesy Christian end times movies, A Thief in the Night, A Distant Thunder, and Image of the Beast were also out around that time, uh, giving Christian movies a bad name because, you know, they were so cheesy. Um, but if you've ever seen any of these end times movies, like, uh, A Thief in the Night, then you may remember that creepy song in there. You've been left behind and, and that creepy la 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 la. I mean, la, la, just, just think about now creeps me out, but you could probably find it on pure flicks or something like that. But anyway, um, there has been a fascination with the end times, right? And there are many signs that the end of times is here. I'm going to tell you one of the big ones that most people, most, I'll say the average believer doesn't look at, and that is Israel, okay? So the nation of Israel came back into being in 1948, May 14, 1948, okay? Born in a day. Prophesied in the Old Testament. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking Zechariah, but I'm not positive. But Israel was born again. It was born in a day. It came back into being, okay? No other nation in the history of the world has ever done that. Right. And since that time, the establishment of Israel, there's been this ticking time clock. And I believe we're here. And the rapture could happen any minute. I really do believe that, too. There is so much out there about this. Um, there's an awakening before like I've never seen in, in, in true believers in the church with a lot of the wishy-washy name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, new age, call it into existence believers. They don't have, most of them don't have any clue what's going on because they're, they're part of the world believing system. 
they they think they're believers, but they they're not. And in one way you can know that is if if they don't make anything of Jesus, if they don't lift up Jesus's name, if they're not putting Jesus first and they're putting Black Lives Matters first or or some New Age movement first or the gay movement first or you know, if you if you have gay Christian, Black Lives Matters Christians, you got this Christian, you got that Christian, you got anything before Christian, walk away. And I have never been more serious than this moment. Because the apostasy in the church is massive. And it's been going on. I've been doing this show for 16 years. And all I've seen is go just like that. And I, and I, you know, Randall's had to calm me down because, you know, I can jump up and down and go, hey, you guys, there's fire over there. There's fire, fire. Everybody's like, oh, la, 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 la. I'm going to ignore it. And then finally, they go, oh, my gosh, there's fire. And I'm like, no kidding. Really? Gosh, I've been telling you that for 20 years, you know. <laughs> You just figured that out. Oh my gosh, there's there's some fire, uh, you know. And anyway, there's and I and I will say this, and I know Randall wants to teach this, but I will say this: there is a pastor going around on YouTube. Everybody, I I keep getting tons of stuff from everybody in my audience, and that's cool. I'm glad you guys send me this stuff because when I get something two or three or four times, I look at it and I go, hmm, okay. So there's a pastor out there in Kentucky who's been having these dreams or visions, whatever you want to call them. And he's talking about how there's going to be this big strike happening, you know, coming down, you know, in November, you know, and this stuff happened, blah, blah, whatever. Okay. And I am just telling you, discern the spirits. And if you don't know what that means, read your Bible, discern the spirits. Okay. Here's the thing. When God gives judgment and meets out judgment on a, on a nation. And we're under God's judgment. If you don't think we're under God's judgment, then I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, we are so under God's judgment in this country. There is always a call for repentance first before God will finalize a country, a nation, always. And, and my, my proof text for that is, is Nineveh. And you want to talk about racism, and I've talked about this a little bit, Jonah was a prophet who was called to tell Nineveh to repent or God was going to destroy him. God gave him an allotted amount of time. Jonah was like, nope, I ain't going there. See ya. I'm getting on a boat. I'm going the other way. Why? Because he was a racist. He didn't like the Ninevites. He hated the Ninevites. He hated them so much that he went the other way. You know, and the boat gets all upset. You know, there's a storm. The guy's on the boat. What the heck's going on here? Who is this? Why is this being caused this? They knew enough that it was caused by something. Um, and they finally figured out there's Jonah sleeping at the bottom of the boat during the storm, just sleeping. <laughs> they figure it out. Jonah's like, oh, yeah, it's me. I, you know, God wanted me to do something. I decided to go the other way. Just throw me overboard. You notice Jonah didn't have the guts to jump overboard himself. He wanted them to throw him overboard. So what the heck? Throws him overboard, gets swallowed by a big fish. He dies inside the big fish. He comes back to life. He's thrown up on land. He goes, he does what God told him to do in the first place. The whole nation of Nineveh repents. And Jonah, the racist, disobedient, reluctant prophet, gets ticked off, goes and sits down under a tree and says he wants to die. By the way, he actually had a tree, a plant grown over him. God was so nice that he gave him some shade. And God was nice, merciful, 
and basically rebukes Jonah. Number one, he never acknowledges or talks to him about being suicidal because Jonah was having a big pity party. Number two, he then appointed a worm, I believe it was, to eat the plant, to kill the plant so that Jonah wouldn't have any more shade. Jonah gets upset because the plant, you know, is gone. And he's more upset about that stupid plant than he is about the fact that all these Ninevites repented. And how many of you out there are more upset about politics today than you are the lost people out there who don't know Christ? And then how many of you get upset when a real believer actually starts talking about the cross, talking about repentance, talking about prayer, and all this other stuff? You get mad. Well, bleh, you don't know. Well, you're just one of those hateful, intolerant bigots. That's what you are. You know, who are you to say? Who are you to judge? You know, all the, the typical stuff that you get thrown at. Uh, you know, I would tell you what, this girl has stood up from the time I was a child to evildoers in the world. And I might be short and fluffy haired and pretty good looking as a middle-aged woman. But I tell you one thing, I'm not a coward when it comes to evil. And if somebody's going to promote evil in my midst, you can darn well bet that Stacey Lynn Harp's going to put my hand up and say enough is enough by the authority that I have in Christ. He is my shield, my defender, my protector, and he is my Lord. And I will die for him. Hopefully I won't have to. But if given that opportunity, if it leads that way, I will. Because I know what I believe. And I know why I believe it. And do my feelings get hurt? You darn well bet they get hurt. But you know what? That doesn't stop me from believing the one who loves me and who made me. So contending for the faith is my passion in life. That is it. If you know me long enough, you will know that. That if somebody is coming against the faith, I don't care what direction, and you're going to try to tell me, let's say, the law of attraction bullshit that's out there, people calling stuff into existence. This is nothing but a low... That's a doctrine of demons, and it was first introduced by an occultist. But so many Christians are wrapped up in this stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, I'll call them to existence. I'll speak it into existence. Bullshit. You're not going to speak anything <gasps> into existence. You're not God. But you know what? You reap what you sow. There is power. Die, left, die, life and death are in the power of the tongue. This is true. But you're not God. You're not going to speak anything into existence. You reap what you sow. That's completely different than occultic behavior, which is what the New Age movement and all that crap is about. You know, you got enough time to sit in front of the TV and watch crap. Why don't you open your Bible or do some history and look at some of the crap that you're believing otherwise, right? I mean, this this is what irks me. Is like, uh, you know, you get mad at me because I tell you the truth, but then you're too freaking lazy to go and look at and do your own research. You know, it's like, okay, whatever. The deception is rampant. That's all I'm saying. And... And, you know, I will tell you, the time is close. It's close. And it is close. <laughs> it, it is really close. Yeah, and I'm a little bit fired up because I've just been dealing with some crap lately. And I'm just going to tell you, you know what? Bring it on. Because, you know what? God is on my side. And I know whom I believe. And, you know what? He will not let the righteous be forsaken or shaken. Those, though, who are on you know, shifting sand, you guys are toast. 
unless you repent. And that's where these guys, all this crap being sent around the internet, you know, about, oh, this is going to happen. God's going to do this. Really? Where's the call to repentance? You know what? God is slow to anger, rich in compassion. And you know what? He, he's got a very long fuse. But in that, he calls you to repent. And you know what? That's what's missing. Nobody wants to repent. We don't want to talk about that. Nuh-uh. Nope. You know, I think there needs to be a real revival in this thing. People are always quoting, you know, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. And, you know, that, that verse, you know, okay. It begins in the church. Do you know how apostate the church is in America? I mean, let alone the world. Do you, do you realize how apostate it is? You got the lib- liberal progressive arm of Christianity. You got the gay Christians. You got the, the black liberation theology Christians. You got the reformed Christians. Should I go on? I mean, these are the big things. And it's all based on one thing that's not gospel. And that's called the social gospel, which was originated by Judas. If you know your word, you'd know that. When Mary was anointing Jesus with very costly perfume, which was about a year's worth, right before his burial, she was anointing Jesus for that. The disciples, the house that she was at, the disciples were there, and they started this fuss saying, you know, hey, you know, hey, you could have went ahead and given all that money to the poor instead of pouring all over Jesus and stuff. And the Lord rebuked the disciples And Judas was the ringleader of those disciples. And he actually said what she has done right now, wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world, what she has done will be done in remembrance of me. And the poor you will always have with you. You're never going to wipe out poverty. And I'll tell you why. It's not because the world doesn't have enough food to feed everybody. No, the world, what kind of God would that be to create a world where, you know, not everybody could be fed? No, the world has wicked, evil doer leaderships, you know, kings and despots or, you know, however that word is said, you know, these evil doers who lead from, you know, behind their iron fists, whether they're in North Korea, Nigeria, uh, Mexico uh, or China or Eritrea or other places you probably don't even know how to say. You know, Christians everywhere are being slaughtered and everything. And America's next. You don't think so. It's here. You have a state-run church you're going to right now if you're actually going to church. Because... Or not ch- going to church. Or not going to church because the church is telling that church... The, the government's telling that church how they can run that church service. It begins like this. You know, don't be deceived, people. God isn't mocked. And it's time. It is so time to get serious with your faith. I'm just saying. If you have a real faith, it is very seriously the time to get serious with it. Cut the crap and get serious. You know, I keep saying this, not because I'm a prophet. I know some of you guys call me a prophet. I'm not a prophet. Thank God I'm not a prophet. I would never want to be a prophet. Well, I, you know, sometimes, you know, they killed most of the prophets. Just so you know, I don't, I don't want to get killed. But what I will say is that um, I know what I know because I read the Bible. And if you're not reading the Bible four days a week or more, your life research shows is just as that. It's just, it doesn't, there's no comparison to an unbeliever. Just reading the Bible, that's it. Just reading it. 
you you cannot defend something you don't know. You can't defend the Bible unless you read it. You know what's in it. And you have no excuse for time uh, or resource. If you're on the internet, you have access to a gazillion things to help you understand the Bible. Blueletterbible.com, Bible.cc, Bible Hub, um, Sword, whatever, eSword. You know, you got the YouVersion Bible. There, there's no excuse. And you got all this stuff that you could be doing Bible study stuff with it if you actually took the time and you really wanted to make it a priority, right? But no, let's spend five hours watching a stupid movie from Hollywood or let's go play Pokemon on our phones and get some fake little stupid things that just waste time or let's just watch like five hours of Netflix and some stupid TV show. It has no spiritual value whatsoever and it's not feeding your soul. My concern is for your soul, you know. I think it was the book of Third John when John exhorted the right the the readers that he was writing to. He said, you know, I pray that your that you would prosper as your soul prospers. If your soul is not prospering and you're not getting strengthened in your soul, then I don't know what you are. If you're spending so much time promoting your job or your work or you know trying to earn money or or even caring for things. And you're not putting God first. I, you're, you're losing out. And we're all guilty. It's not easy. I'm not saying I'm perfect because I'm certainly not. But what I will say is that the time is short. The time is short. It is very short. So that's all I'm going to say. Um, Jerry, Phyllis, I see you there. <laughs> you might hate me after the show's over, right? I don't know. Linda. Hey, Linda. Nice to see you there. Gina, Mia, and Georgia, Jeannie from Georgia. I see you're there. I don't know if anybody's on YouTube. Yeah. Who's over there? We've got uh, we've got Barb and we've got Ivan's son. <sighs> Hi, Barb Ivan's. and Ivan's son. Okay. Anyway, so that's my rant. Sorry, I just you know had to get that off my chest. I've had a couple of things going on lately. Um, I would ask for your prayer because you know I got I uh, got a big huge thing going on right now. And what I will tell you is. That it, it, it has to do with biblical principle and calling out Marxism for what it is. And what I'm going to tell you is that you need to, I would ask for you to pray for me. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. Bareface, do you want to comment on anything I just said? Or do I, said, do I, do I seem like grouchy cause I, or anything? Cause mm. No more than usual, is that what you're going to say? <laughs> no more than usual. He's impassionate and, and rightly so. It just bothers me. Yeah, and, and we're definitely going to get into that. And Ivan's son, you're right. Well, it depends on, I don't think the Bible ever says rapture. I think the Latin, Latin Vulgate uses the word raptura. Um, the Greek New Testament original language, the word is... Harpazo. Harpazo, yes. Um, yeah, you know, First Thessalonians, First Thessalonians 4 definitely speaks of a snatching away you know, it tells us the dead in Christ will rise first, and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. That's that word that probably caught up together with them in the clouds, you know, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. So the Bible definitely speaks of this event, which the dead in Christ rising first, and those who are alive in the Lord being caught up to meet them in the air with the Lord, and forever being with the Lord. There has been some contention about the timing of that event, whether it's you know pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, post-tribulation. But to not to deny that there is a rapture altogether is to deny the clear teaching of Scripture. 
Um, and we already have examples of, of people who were raptured. Yeah. You know? Enoch, oh, Enoch, yeah. Yeah. Enoch, Elijah. Elijah yeah. They were two people that were raptured. I mean, you maybe they didn't call it that, but that's exactly what they were. Yeah. Or were they abducted by aliens, people? No, just kidding. <laughs> Actually, that's what the world's going to say, though. They're going to yeah, they're going to say that. Probably won't saying. surprise me. No. Well, I won't be here to hear it, but anyway. So, uh, yeah, and you know, you're right, um, JC. You know about the um, yeah. I like I like what he's what he says. Um, the fact of the reality, the, like the Trinity is not, that word isn't mentioned in the Bible, but there's it's examples. It's clearly taught. Yeah. I mean, and, but you know, how many the believers. the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. You know how many believers can defend that though? That the even doctrine of the Trinity, they don't, you know, they can't know. defend it. Oh. Most people can't. But. Enoch and Elijah are the two witnesses. Maybe. We're not told specifically. Yeah. Well, it's kind of suggested highly by i don't know if it's suggested highly by scripture sort of kind of um there's some people think it's moses because of the signs performed but right well but I, some would say that moses didn't die although the scripture clearly says that yeah moses died yeah they we just don't know where they hid the body buried the body well where god buried the body yeah, and that is in the book of jude people anyway it, it's mentioned in Jude, but anyway, okay, so... I doubt we'll get that far, because we okay. left off at the... Well, let me just throw this out here. I'm doing this Bible study in Jude on my own. I'm teaching a couple of people on Zoom, and, you know, I'm going to be actually digging into the whole angel thing and the, the mingling of the, the, the angels with the, the human women and what that's all about. That's what I'm talking about next week. So if you want to be a part of that, let me know. By the way, you can also join my text message list. Best way to get in touch with me is through the text message list right there. Text Bible News to 33222. And if you don't know how to do that, just text me and text me and I'll, I'll uh, you know, message me and I'll add you on the list. It really is the best way to get in touch with me. I don't send out email much. I text all the time. Okay. All right. I'll be quiet now. All right. So uh, we're going to pick up a uh, again, the book of Jude, because that's what y'all wanted to do. Um, I forget why I started it last week, uh, just because we, we were reading it. That's right. We were reading it together. Uh, those of you who are, you know, part on the text message list, or maybe you're, um, you know, you follow the Bible News Radio page on uh, Facebook, and that was um, every once in a while, your sweet and lovable host, not me, I'm the co-host, um, puts out there some scriptures to read that week, you know, encouraging us all to be in the scriptures that week. And Jude was one of those, um, the week before last, you know, so since we had read it the week before, you know, the following Sunday, the first day of the week, I decided, Hey, let's take a look at that. And I was expecting to do it only last week, only last Sunday, but the, uh, majority vote seem to be continuing it so that's what we're going to do so that's well, very timely book all the scripture is is always timely i think true but it's I think this living even, and active it's even more timely so how do you want to do this you want me just to shut up and then you can teach well um how many I mean, want me to shut up and just i let don't want you to sh shut up <laughs> But um, Every, I can mute Randall. I have the I have the mute button over yeah, here. I'm going to pray. Okay. 
and then he's been praying for me all day he, and then, then i'm going to read and then and then we'll uh, i'm going to do a tiny tiny recap and then uh, pick up in verse four where we left off and then stace you're you're fine to you know add whatever you want so let us pray father god you're an awesome god worthy of every glory blessing honor power and praise Lord, yours is the kingdom, the glory forever. And this, thy word, which you have preserved throughout the ages, is for our equipping, for our instruction in righteousness. So, Lord, we pray that you would give us the eyes to see, the ears to hear, the spirits that are sensitive to your spirit, that we might receive from you all that you have for us. Uh, so we offer this time to you and ourselves to you, to use as you will for our good and your glory, we ask it in the name of Yeshua, our Messiah. All right, scripture, is that the we want? Yeah, let's go with that one. You want me to read it? Um, just a little quick recap first. Um, reminder that in verse 1 we can talk about who Jude, Judah, Yehuda is, but that this book is is written this this message is written to those who are called who loved in god the father and kept safe for yeshua the messiah this isn't just anybody who calls themselves a christian but these are those who are genuinely believers and then um encourage them to contend for the faith to uh to earnestly contend for the faith continue contend faith the idea of contend here is is um uh it talks about um, um, it's epigonosthai, but to uh, to put upon um, agony. That is, is the idea is a is like an athlete, a professional athlete, and the discipline and the practice and everything they go to to be, you know, um, to have, you know, to be the top of their game, to have their A game on, if you will. The idea is to have that sort of discipline and practice and determination and to know the faith, contend for it. And and this is the reason to do this is because there are ungodly people uh, who pervert the grace of God, that they've secretly slipped in and uh, briefly talked about, well, it wasn't very brief, but how since the Garden of Eden that the forces of darkness, you know, Satan himself and all his minions, angelic and human, um, uh, their efforts have always been successful, not with a full-on frontal full-court press, you know, frontal assault, but through incremental, subtle um, changes by which they depose God and destroy the gospel. And so... That's the that's the mo of the enemy, uh, not to be this loud and aggressive, but to subtly and incrementally uh, come in and and change things and from the inside. So, I want to pick up on this second part of verse four. It says, "Who pervert the grace of God into indecency." Now, the uh, the word in the Greek here, uh, your your uh, translation might say, 
licentiousness, may say lasciviousness. Uh, the idea is that it's um, it's it's um, how would you say it's 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 moral recklessness that that um, that uh, it almost it, it often refers to sexual immorality, sexual behavior, but it, it describes the attitude of careless disregard for self-discipline. That's where we get a word licentiousness. It's like having free license to do whatever. Now, now the world, the world has always been ungodly and always will be ungodly. That's not the issue here. Uh, the issue here is that there are people within Christendom, people within Christendom, these wolves in sheep's clothing, uh, that were and are perverting the grace of God into a license for sin. Or a license to sin. In Romans chapter 3, verses 5 through 8, Paul writes, If our unrighteousness demonstrates the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God just, unjust, who inflicts wrath? I speak as a man. Certainly not. For then how will God judge the world? For if the truth of God has increased through my light to his glory, why am I also still judged a sinner? And why not say, let us do evil that good may come? as we are slanderously reported, and as some affirm that we say, their condemnation is just. So even way back then, you know, there, were, there was Paul in the early church, the apostles, teaching that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. Um, and there were those who were perverting it. There were those that were slanderously reporting that they were reporting this this grace, this license, you know, perverting the grace of God into licentiousness to do whatever you want because God's grace covers it all. And, you know, as we are slanders reported and some affirm that we say, because their condemnation is just. We're not, we're preaching no such thing. So it was an issue then that people were saying that that's what the gospel was about preaching this cheap grace, this licentiousness. Um, and as Jude is writing, that there were those who secretly crept in, they're perverting the grace of God into licentiousness. And, and, and going back to the fact that the, the workers of evil um, are most effective when they incrementally and subtly change things, bring in destructive heresies. That was in the first century that this this cheap grace thing was going around, this hyper-grace thing was going around. <laughs> How much more so here we are, uh, nearly 2,000 years later, 1,900-some years later, or I guess, you know, the time of Jude, maybe riding close to the end of the first century. Um, so 1,900 years later, anyway, 1,900 and change, uh, you know, these things have been working incrementally. If they started then with those secretly, you know, coming in, sneaking in, and perverting the grace of God into licentiousness, you know, where are we at today? Romans 6.12, Paul says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead in sin live any longer therein? And I want to share this... Um, let me pull up 
pull it up on another screen here. I wanted to share this article with you by a man named Joseph Matera. I don't know. I don't know the name. I don't know his theology, uh, anything like that. So, um, probably should make this bigger. Um, so, um, I don't know, yeah, anything about, but it's an interesting article. And the article is Eight Signs of Hyper-Grace Churches, and I think they're pretty spot on. I'm going to skip down. Uh, he, he talks about Jude, he talks about Paul, and Ten Commandments, anything. But okay, he says, the following are signs of a hyper-grace church. One, the preachers never speak against sin. That's that's a big thing. If that's what's going on, that's that's that should tip you off that you might be in a hyper grace church, a place where the grace of God is being perverted into licentiousness. I mean, the the whole reason. I mean, the cross is the you know the life, death, and resurrection is the pinnacle of the Christian faith. Christ came to die for sin. God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And if sin isn't an issue, um, sin is never talked about from the pulpit, then something's missing for sure. Uh, The lead pastor never takes a cultural stand for righteousness. So when there's things going on in the culture, like he says, when issues like abortion come up, these pastors will shy away from mentioning it because they are afraid of offending new people. Um, so, you know, things like that, homosexuality, abortion, they'll never touch this stuff. You know, anything that's going on, even even if it's things, uh, you know, denouncing the gospel and and uh, affront, you know, to Christendom, they're not going to touch it. And if it was, you know, don't make anything to any commentary, no cultural commentary, because, you know, we don't want to offend anybody with that stuff. Number three, the Old Testament is almost totally ignored. Um, you know, what are we, un- you know, we, we're not under law, right? Everything's grace now. Well, yeah, but the grace is that we're removed from the, the penalty of sin, it doesn't mean that sin is no longer sin. Sin is measured by the law of God. Uh, Paul said, I would not have known covetousness unless the law said, thou shalt not covet. Uh, James talks about uh, looking into the perfect law of liberty. He wasn't talking about the New Testament. He wasn't talking about his own epistle. He was talking about the Old Testament. Um, Jesus himself, 70-some percent of what he said was either a direct quotation or allusion to the Old Testament. He upbraided the disciples for not knowing the Old Testament. Um, and by by the law is the knowledge of sin. So no surprise that the preachers never speak against sin. They're going to also ignore the Old Testament, even though Jesus spoke plenty about sin. Um, and from the from the um, perspective of the law. Now this is a big one, and I've seen it in churches I've been in. People are allowed to teach and lead ministries who live immoral lives. 
this, you know, after all, who are we to say, you know, God's grace covers it all, right? You know, okay, you know, maybe they're not perfect, but none of us are perfect. There's only one perfect and, and hey, they're getting to minister, right? You know, they're, this, this is, now, I've been in situations where people were leading immoral lives, living immoral lives, and they were in ministries, but they were, uh, once it was discovered that they were living immoral lives, immoral lives, they were basically given the ultimatum, you stop this behavior, you hit the road. Um, you can't, <laughs> yeah, anyway, so, you know, you, you're, you can't, you can't be in a position of ministering and living an immoral life. All right. Can I say something on that? Cause sure. Of course you can. Yeah, I can. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm a retired marriage and family therapist, you guys, in case you forgot. The majority of the people I saw were Christians. And I can tell you, I saw people who were worship leaders, who were women's ministry leaders, who were pastors. And the stuff that they came in and talked to me about that they were involved in, I wish there's still some of it I remember and I'm like you know you want to go la 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 no I wish I didn't hear that I mean stuff I can't repeat and knowing that they were like leading worship at that church I'm like okay just so you know mm -hmm. yeah it's very real by the way you should be praying for any Christian who does therapy with people because they have a hard hard thing because they're dealing with a lot of people's stuff and it gives them a very distasteful taste for the church. And yeah, I know yeah. people in that. So, And there's the whole client-patient privilege thing. And they're not allowed to speak of it. No. You know, except with maybe supervised or whatever. And not in certain, you know, identifiable terms. So, yeah, they carry quite a burden. As you well know. Me personally know. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Next sign, the lead pastor speaks often against the institutional church. Now, it's true that the church is, is not is not a building. You know, it's a church building is a building where the church meets. The church is made up of living stones, but you'll find um, um, that in these hyper grace churches, the pastors will not just not mention. It's not one of a mission, but it's one of commission, but they'll speak against the institutional church, you know, denominations, whatever, that these things are, you know, and all their dogma and doctrine and all, you know, that we're a free and flowing people, you know, that, you know, we're not confined by, you know, these, these doctrines or dogmas or this, you know, or this institution that true, true believers are, you know, they're like, you know, just like Jesus said, the wind blows, you don't know where it's going. You know, basically they're giving license to being blown around by every wind of doctrine. Um, and like I say, it's not just being non-institutional, it's being anti-institutional. 
saying that the established, you know, the organized religion, they'll talk about, you know, they prefer disorganized religion. And um, when there's this, you know, diatribe against the institutional church, the church is a established fellowship with leadership and all that. Uh, when they speak against that, then it pretty much, bet it's a hyper grace church. Uh, the lead pastor preaches against tithing. Now, I'm not going to get into this thing whether tithing is, you know, for today or not. Scripture, New Testament tells us that God loves a cheerful giver, that we're not to give under compulsion. I mean, tithing, that's a good place to s start, you know, good kind of, you know, I'm uh, I'm not going to say you're going to hell if you don't tithe or anything like that, because there's there's no scriptural basis for that. No, you know what, no, but what they, what don't even get me started on this part but you know i mean aside from what you're saying there with the hyper grace thing you got the word of faith people mm -hmm. uh and unfortunately i've had i you know i've had to talk to a lot of people about that because they'll go well i gave a hundred dollars expecting to get one thousand back right yeah. you know and it's like uh that's not how it works people Show me in scripture where that's the case. Right. You can't. You you can't. They the people that teach that crap, and that's exactly what it is. If you want to use the well, biblical given, word, it should it's be called, given to you. Press down, shaking. Dung. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and overflowing right there. There's your scriptural proof right there. What's the underlying thing though? Why is somebody given that way? To get also, it's greed. It's greed, yeah. right? Which American is, greed. Which is condemned. Right, exactly. But no, we don't want to talk about that because, oh, you know, that's because I even posted this today. I said, you know, who are you going to serve, God or money? Can't serve both. No, and God is bigger than money, just so you know. All right, these two more. <sighs> okay. Uh, the lead pastor only teaches positive motivational messages. I wonder if Joel Osteen's ever, has Joel ever said anything negative from the pulpit? Would you say it's a hyper grace church? No, I'd say his is a word of faith, prosperity church. Right. But, uh, yeah. Because he's too afraid to even speak out against homosexuality, though. But Yeah, and, and the last one is kind of like the one earlier. It says, key members of the church are regularly living sinful lives with impunity. I, I can think of a couple of people right now that that, that fits. Yeah. People and... I know, actually. And it's like, really? So, but God knows God will get them. Just so you know, God will not be messed with people. You cannot outrun God, and God could squish you like a bug if he wanted to. Not that I'm yeah. saying that God would do that, but he can. Right. He do whatever he wants. And people who think that they can mess with God, I'm yeah, you're not, you're, you're a fool, if that's what you really think. Just saying. So if the grace of God, it's it's a perversion to turn it into a license to sin, licentiousness, then what, then what is the grace of God? The grace of God isn't law. Well, what is it? And and Stace, I heard you overheard you saying this in your Bible study. I think it's a great place to go in Titus chapter two, sorry, verse eleven. We read the for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that. 
denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. And as Paul go on, goes on to uh, exhort uh, Pastor Titus, he says, Speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority, let no one despise you. That don't worry about making the you know your parishioners uncomfortable or saying unpopular things. By the yeah, by the way, you know, I know Jeannie's saying she doesn't like Joel Osteen. I don't not like the guy. I don't like his teaching. Yeah, and he's looking nice enough I'm, guy. I know. I understand the appeal of him though. Just to p- pick as a him motivational out. speaker, I do. He's called himself a motiv- He's called himself a life coach. Right. I've heard him say that. So. But I understand his appeal because what he's doing is he, uh, and I have some of his books. This is why I'm saying this because I, if I'm going to talk about somebody, I get their stuff and I listen to at least something of them, of what they did. And um, I really haven't talked a lot about him. But what I will say is I understand the appeal because he will say very nice, sweet, positive things that make you feel good. And a lot of people have such bad uh, self-image or whatever. They need to be... What they haven't figured out is your self-image doesn't come from you. You know, your good self... How? (laughs) And this is coming from somebody with a master's in psychology, just so you know. Okay, so you can say daily affirmations all you want. That ain't going to make you feel any better. What makes you feel better is having a clean and a pure conscience i can talk i I know i could i could see rooting me on over there you know people who don't have a clean or pure conscience often feel bad about themselves or they were victimized and somebody else abused them or they self-abuse which is a form of abuse and they don't know how to get out of it because they weren't modeled it in a healthy way. I was in that state for a long time, and I get it. I get it. I'm not talking about something I don't know. I do know. And I watched God, you know, as I immersed myself in God's word, and I renewed my mind with God's word, God changed my brain, literally, and rewired it so that I, I don't feel, I, I don't struggle with a low self-esteem because I know who I am. You know, and I don't walk around, oh, this is who I am in Christ. No, I know who Christ is in me. I know what I believe, you know. And so people who are struggling, and I have a clean conscience. If I do something bad and I feel convicted, I will confess it. And I know sometimes it's a struggle to believe God's forgiven me. But you know what? I ultimately do. In the long run, I ultimately say, yeah, you know what? You're right. I screwed up. Thank you for loving me and forgiving me. And it's gone. That, that... That thing is gone. Now, if somebody comes and tries to shame you, which is part of our culture today, it's part of the shame culture, Black Lives Matter as an example. If all of a sudden you speak out and say, hey, I don't agree with Black Lives Matter, well, then all hell will break loose on you, especially if you're a white folk, because you're a racist and you're evil. If you call it for what it is, it's like, 
So then they try to shame you into make you feel bad for what you believe. It's like, and then people uh, cower and they ag- hide. Again, because I think most people are like the Ephesian crowd that wandered into the arena not knowing what the tumult was about. Right. Let's, let's draw the differentiation between black people's lives matter and the organization Black Lives Matter. Which is a Marxist organization. organization which is all about the dismantling and structure and destruction of Western culture. Um, go read their website. And, and exactly. It's, it's, it's more about sexual anarchy than any than about race. Well, speaking of sexual anarchy, you know, mm-hmm. yesterday there was a whole bunch of vile things trending on Twitter. Today, I just went over there just to, for fun to see what's trending now. Today they have We Are the LGBTQ trending on Twitter. Um, and, and it's also, June. And no, the, it's July now. Yeah, it's July. Good. And then um, we also <laughs> have uh, Kanye West is going to be running for president. Why? I mean, what the hell? Is, I mean, what the heck is his pro? You're not going to win, Kanye. Just saying. That's the stupidest thing I've read all day. Um, we love you, Gaga. That's trending. Okay. Um, um, 90 Day Fiance. There you go. And then it says here, a protester has died after being hit by a speeding car during BLM protests in Seattle. More proof Black Lives Matters kills people. Or was it some racist, it was somebody... cisgender, privileged, white, privileged person that... Uh, you know what you are, barefaced? I'm cisgendered. Since just cisgendered privilege. I'm, <laughs> I am cisgendered, as they call it. I normal. I recognize that I'm a male, and, and I acknowledge that that is my gender. That's cisgendered people. You just... You are... Living in reality you is cisgendered. Are... A middle age. But it's privilege. Your privilege, if if you if if you were if your mental gender is the same as your physical gender, then you're privileged, <laughs> according to BLM. Um, Do you know that one of the founders of Black Lives Matters is a lesbian? That, yeah, a black it, lesbian woman. It, it's clear if you read the. If you read, just the go to the website of, blacklivesmatter.com. Yeah. Read the website, people. Just read it. Anyway. Just read the freaking website. Go read it. And again, and, it's it's and, it's just and, it's just like the enemy to misnomer, like the human rights campaign, which has nothing to do with human rights. I don't care what's going on in Eritrea or China, or, or slave labor, and you know, Laos or whatever. You know, they're concerned about homosexual exaltation, and same with Black Lives Matter. It has nothing to do with race or black people. It has everything to do with sexual anarchy and dismantling Western civilization. By the way. In case you just joined us, we're your sweet and loving white, you know, privileged cisgendered cisgendered couple. Yeah, yeah. heterosexual couple. Yeah. yeah, we are. We're old too. We're middle aged, like most of you in the audience. By the way, YouTube has deemed that our audience is what fifty to sixty or seventy five or something. <laughs> it's just there's nothing else. It's just that gap. We appeal to people of our age group. That's good. I just don't feel as old as most of you are. Um, Anyway, anyway yeah, I, want to, just, what, I want to. Well, I was. Okay. I was just, just going to say if you'd like to donate to our show, because we're so, you know, all about money here, <laughs> just need to get that in. By the way, we so, need to find out if today's donations are tax deductible. Well, I was just going to say tomorrow we're going to be talking to a tax expert about a nonprofit. Thingy to figure that part out that we filed for that we've cleared at the state level right. and this hasn't so some been of you, approved at the federal level right some of you have asked is your donation tax deductible yet 
I don't think so. We'll find out. We're going to find out. It might we, be retroactive. I don't know. We're, we're we gonna... haven't gotten our 501c3 status cleared yet. We were told it could take two to three months, maybe longer, depending on uh, how COVID-19 has impacted that part of the government. Okay. Oh. Um, but anyway, if, if you can still donate, if you'd like, you don't have to. Don't feel pressured at all. God provides. Uh, but if you want to donate, you can do it through our website, biblenewsradio.com forward slash give. You can donate through Venmo if you want. Just message me. I can tell you my name on Venmo or PayPal or check. Or if you want to send us gold in the mail, feel free. You know, it doesn't matter. We don't care. Stamps. You have a stamp collection. Feel free to send that to me. <laughs> you know, old stocks and bonds, you know, pre-war era, whatever. Baseball cards. Yeah, no, baseball that's... cards are actually a big thing right now. I know. I just... um, so you can send those our way. <laughs> when, <laughs> if you want to set up a store on eBay and then give us all the proceeds for everything you sell, feel free. You know, <laughs> we're good. Or Etsy or Shopify. Or... <laughs> no okay anyway anyway so yeah and one other thing if you haven't got your will done yet you might want to because you never know when you're gonna die people just saying i mean we're believing in the rapture to come so hopefully you won't die but at the same time you should get a will done if you haven't gotten it done i think most of you have yours done but if you know somebody who doesn't have it done let me know and identity theft protection is a must just saying that right now Identity theft is a huge, massive issue. Just Google identity theft. You'll understand once you start reading the stories. Um, so you can get in touch with me about that if you'd like. Okay, I'm done. All right. Um, I was thinking we might get to verse 5, but apparently not. We're going to finish verse 4. I wanted to share this anecdote okay. about the grace of God. Okay, well, the grace of God isn't hyper-grace. It's not do whatever you want because all is forgiven. Um what is the grace of God? And I am reminded of the one time I sat on a jury. It was for a criminal case. And um, anyway, involved four young men. And I, I guess apparently I'm older than Ivan's son. Yeah. I have not read that book either, just so you know. But I'll look into it. Anyway. Um, I'll be quiet now. This is fine. Um so this 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 criminal case, which I sat in the jury, uh, one of the defendants was a young man who had two strikes against him. Now, I don't know if that's a federal thing or if that was just a California thing. It was a California thing, but there's this three strikes thing. If you've got two felonies, the, the third felony you're charged with, whatever it is, even if it normally carries you know a five-year sentence, it's going to carry like 35 years or whatever because it's the third strike. You know, the idea is that, okay, here's someone who's a unrepentant person, basically. They've been given mercy and mercy. You know, this is, hey, three strikes, come on, a felony. And so the state was really working hard to pin a third felony on this guy so they could send him away for a long time, but they really didn't make their case. It was, it was, um, yeah, they didn't make a strong case. I can in details of it it was so many years ago but basically they didn't make a strong case now there were the two other defendants um had no record but they had a history of hanging out with gang members 
being, you know, when something went down, they happened to be in the area. You know, they kept bad company. And the scripture tells us that bad company corrupts good morals. And so um, I could see those young men. I mean, they weren't sweating bullets or anything like that. But I could tell they looked a little scared. I'm glad for it. Um, you know, because if the state had made their case, they would have had a, char a felony charged against them. They would have been doing time. What I'm hoping is the state didn't make their case, and so um, they were they were all found guilty of a misdemeanor because the facts were over there for that. But the felony case they're trying to push, they didn't. The, the state of California's um, attorneys didn't didn't make that case. Um, so I hope those those two young men, without a rap sheet, without a record, sobered up that day and and changed their their affiliations that seemed they you know could have done some serious jail time you know, i'm hoping and, and that's the whole idea i get of the grace of god we've been forgiven of of our sins not that we can but oh we've got this license to sin we've got this get out of jail free card so we can use it anytime we want and do anything we want that's a misunderstanding of grace um one final, well, verses here, a few from the Lord Jesus, from Yeshua, Luke chapter 12, verses 42 through 48. The Lord said, Who then is the faithful and wise steward whom his master will make ruler over his household to give them their portion of food in due time? Blessed is the servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will make him rule over all that he has. But if that servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and be drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him at an hour when he is not aware and will cut him in two and appoint his portion with the unbelievers. And the servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself to do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. But he who did not know, yet committed things, deserving of stripes, shall be beaten with few. For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required, and to whom much has been committed, of him they will ask the more. So interesting there, that whether, whether sins of outright rebellion or sins of ignorance, sins are still sins, and... And will be punished accordingly. And those who did their master's will, but did not prepare themselves, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he who did not know, yet committed things deserving his stripes, shall be beaten with few. So I think, um, at least that suggests to me that when it comes to eternal punishment, there are different levels. Although it be the lake of fire, you know, there's none of it good <laughs> somebody is not as bad as others but so in this illustration um the agencies my master is calling the master but obviously not doing his will so they aren't his master and if you go back to matthew chapter 7 he says many will say to me in that day lord lord did we not etc that they're saying lord lord that's what their lips are saying they're confessing with their mouth, but they're not believing their heart. They go together, Romans 10, 9 and 10. 
if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that he has risen from the dead, then you will be saved. It's not just this lip service. It's a, it's a devotion of, you know, it's a spiritual, it's a, it's a, um, it's a spiritual commitment. And so there are people uh, in the pews and in the pulpits <clears throat> that might say, Lord, Lord, they might even open the scriptures but they're living lives of lawlessness and licentiousness with what they think impunity um, because nothing bad's happened to them. That's what I was hoping to get to with verse 5. We'll get there next week. Can I just say something, though? Apparently you can. You okay. just did. Okay. So, <clears throat> you and me really don't watch TV. No. Okay. No, occasionally an old movie or something will, like, once a quarter, right? <laughs> so, yes- up. so yesterday, you know, we tried to watch something because yeah. you know we're flipping through uh, Netflix. I guess we got it free or something. I don't know, but anyway, yeah, with our T-Mobile, we, we don't pay for it, but the um, not directly anyway. Yeah, so we're flipping through the channels, and a lot of the shows on there. I'm just gonna take these off. This is gonna irritate me. I'm still not used to these glasses yet. But anyway, um, although I will say today was the first day. I went to church. I wore my glasses. I can actually see the pastor pretty clear and then look down and read my Bible because <laughs> they're, they're progressing. Randall's like, I'm happy for you. <laughs> really? Generally. That's got to be awesome. Well, it is because my eyes. awesome, but. My eyes are. Well, but anyway, back to my point. My point is, is that, um. There is part of the reason I don't watch TV, even the news. Cause, I mean, I read well, especially headlines. Especially the news. <laughs> I read headlines and stuff, is because it is so enticing to the flesh. TV is, okay? So, like, what, what I noticed yesterday, though, is we're flipping through there. And I'm like, hey, what about that show? And Randall's like, he clicks on the, the thing and it gives you the description of the show. Oh, that seems kind of interesting. But then but then you look at the rating and it's M-A. M-A. Okay. Well, Mature which is, audiences, yeah. which really means immature audiences, so adults who... What it means is there's nudity in the F word. Yeah. Okay? That's what it means. That's not the maturity, just by age. And I'm going to just say something. Okay, and you can paint me if you want, or don't. I'm just gonna say this: if you're a believer and you're filling your mind with stuff like that, please reconsider. Because I, I wouldn't say please reconsider. I'm just saying don't turn that crap off. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. That I'm trying to be nice. I'm just saying, you know, if you if you can reconsider what you're putting into your 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 mind and your soul because you know i get a good story i i used to watch general hospital for like 30 years i get it you know and that was a daily thing and i drew the line randall finally you know i I, what was the 50th anniversary of general hospital it's like after that happened i was like okay that's it i draw the line i told her and i said i will draw the line if they start promoting homosexuality on this show i will completely draw the line and they did and and but that wasn't ultimately why i stopped because one afternoon at two o'clock that's when gh was always on the actors 
that were playing the young characters, they're in their very early 20s, they had practically a full-on nude sex scene. And I'm like, what? You know what? I'm like, that's it. Look, if you're if you have blood running through your veins and you're a normal person, sexuality, sex scenes, all that stuff. Hello, people. It triggers stuff. Why do you think pornography is such a big addiction and all over the place? Language. I struggle with that because you know me. I could you know I don't say the f word, but I say a lot of other words, and I'm like, Lord's like, okay, just hold back, Stace. You're just you're a middle aged woman now. You have to say things like dear and sugar and stuff, stuff like that. Fiddlesticks. And you know, I used to laugh when I heard Janet Parcel say something like that. But you know, the funny part, you know, the point is, is we are called to be holy, which doesn't mean perfect. It means to be set apart. And we're supposed to be different people. We're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. You know, so it doesn't mean you, you go and you're, you're, you're in this crap, you know, you're in the world to be a light, to be the salt, which is the preservative, you know, to expose the unfruitful deeds of darkness, not participate in them. And there's a huge difference. And so my exhortation is, look, consider what you're really watching. You know, and I say this because I love you. That's why. I know you might not feel like it, but I do. And I care about your soul. And how strong your soul is. Because these times are going to get tough. They're going to get tougher and tougher and tougher. You're going to have to decide where your allegiance is going to lie. And I'm not trying to be scary, but I'm telling you the truth. We're that close. And America, I, I am not one of these people who's always jumped on the bandwagon and said, look, you know, this is the greatest election in the world. Look, I'm going to be flat out honest. I do not trust Donald Trump. But if I have to have a choice between who the heck I'm going to vote for, between the Democrat or Trump, Trump's getting my vote. But I don't trust him. I don't trust him as far as I could throw him. Because I don't trust any politician. <laughs> but, but what I can say is he's done more for the church than, than the Marxist Democrats will ever do. Okay. I think, I don't know where Trump really is, honestly. I don't, I don't know if he's really a believer. I don't know. But what I can say, based on what we were being shown, you know, if you accept things at face value, Trump is the one to vote for. But like... Barb, Barb pointed out on a, a last show, and I don't know if you're still listening, Barb, but, but um, this is kind of going into a different tangent, but, but Barb pointed out about the whole mask mandate. People are getting upset because of the masks, right? We did a whole show on that last week, or was it this week? I think it was, I can't remember. Was it Friday? Friday. It was Friday, yeah. And uh, Barb pointed out that um, the mask is kind of like the modern-day squastica in Germany. You're wearing something, your allegiance to it. Have you ever, just think about this, just think, think about it. Our governors, our president, people in power over us, the media who believes it's like the fifth arm of government or the fourth arm of government, whatever, you know, trying to bully us all into submission. They know exactly what they're doing. They're trying to divide and conquer, and that's exactly what they're trying to do. 
this should not be an issue in the body of Christ. But what I will tell you is that if it becomes an issue with brothers and sisters in Christ, you'd be careful about who those people are. Be very careful because if that person isn't giving allegiance to Christ first and they're putting their politics over Christ, you'd be very careful about that, about that person. Because what you do with Jesus is what matters more than anything. Okay. I, I, I read some people are, well, you're really loving your neighbor if you wear a mask. Okay. Other people are like, you're full of crap. I love my neighbor if I don't wear a mask. I want to live, just so you know. You know, I mean, so the fact that we're even having this conversation is dumb. <clears throat> people. If you think about the whole COVID thing, and I have some of you guys here, you guys like Mia, my, my life flight paramedic, you know, she knows. She works in that field. You know, if what COVID is, if, if it's what they said it was, then keep washing your hands and stuff. It's no worse than the flu, right? But the people who are getting it are high at risk people. There's there's a difference. I don't know. Anyway, I could go on. Yeah, I just I'd... feel like I'm ranting, but but I do want to encourage you, act like a Christian. If you're really a believer, then start oh. acting like it and and make a difference for the Lord because that's ultimately what matters. <laughs> yeah, I want to go back real quick, just touch on it, the the whole MA rating thing, the mature audiences. Yeah, I mean it just if... If you were to go peer through someone's bedroom window while they were having sexual relations, you'd you'd get arrested if you were caught. Why? Because it's creepy. It's voyeurism. So how is it any different if you were in your house looking through the window of your television, people performing sex acts? What's what's any less creepy about that, or anything less moral? You know, less immoral about it. It's the same thing, um, as far as I'm concerned. And what I was saying about mature audience is it's such a misnomer because Hebrews 5.14 tells us that mature people, mature people are those uh, who, you know, through discipline have, have are able to discern between good and evil. And, um, and anyone who would watch that kind of stuff or entertainment is, is not able to discern between good and evil. Because like I say, if... If it was done in in the physical world, it'd, it'd be it'd be a felony. It'd be you know you could be arrested for it, jail, jail time. But it, you know within your own home, or if it's fancy, if it's just pretend, if it's just pretend evil, then it's okay. That is that's disturbing. But we couldn't evil if it's pretend, it's good. If it's real, it's really evil. You gotta ask yourself what need are you trying to to meet. Mm. I mean, really, I always, you know, I, when I was a therapist, I asked people that question all the time. What makes, what brings you comfort? If you can figure out what that is, I guarantee you there's a tie back throughout your whole life that, that, that goes back. I worked with, with pornography addicts as a therapist for a, a number of years and I ran groups. So I'm just saying I've. You know, and I actually have a good friend, you know, that I, I'm i in business contact with. You know, he's a recovered uh, addict, and he helps people. And we talk about this all the time. It's like, don't do it. Just don't do it. You know, pretend you have a child in the room with you. Would you watch that with a kid in the room? 
<laughs> in fact, the other day I was, I can't even remember what it was I was watching. I, but I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, that's what it was. It was a, it was a YouTube video. It, it, it was somebody, a popular YouTuber, um, you know, and she was sitting there with her daughter on her lap using the F word. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, do you, did you, did you, did you even just hear what you just said? Like with your little girl sitting there on your lap, you just use the F word. When she starts using it, are you going to get mad at her? Are you going to tell her no? <laughs> you, I don't, I didn't even leave a comment on the video because I thought, you know what? I'm not even going to go there with this group of people, but I just, just think, just think, you know, don't drink and drive. Don't use your phone and drive, you know, um, you know, just think. You know, you can't make a difference if you're not, if, if you're not different. You know what I mean? Right, right now, that's tweetable. You cannot make a difference if you're not different. So true. You can't. And you know what? A lot of people are scared right now. I have a lot of people coming to me going, I can't believe you just stood up for what you believed in. I'm like, yeah, I did. Is it easy? Heck no. But you know what? This is where the church needs to grow up. This is where the church has allowed the world to trample over her for a long, long time. And I think, you know, if the church is the moral silent majority, it's time for the church to be the moral vocal majority, you know. But the church needs to clean herself up. And only Jesus can help you do that. You know what? Look, if you're struggling with a sin, confess it. Get some help. Go to a support group. Call somebody. Be honest. You know, that's part of the issue is you got to be honest. You know, what stumbles you? Is it your language? I struggle with that. You guys know it, man. I'm, I'm like, okay, look, <laughs> I'm reining myself in, you know, uh, you know, and, and be bold, but don't compromise, you know, and it's really easy to compromise, especially if money's involved, especially today, because we're in a culture today where many of us, we, we rely on, you know, business to make money and feed ourselves. Um, you know, then there's a whole, whole segment of the population doesn't care. Hey, I'm just gonna let the government take care of me. That's what they want to do, people. <laughs> That's not the government's job, just so you know. There's a whole lot of people who don't care about the F word. They think it's perfectly fine. Yeah, that's, that's very true. It's very, it's true. My mom didn't. Heck, when I was a kid, my mom, my mom wasn't a believer though. When I was a kid, my mom would like pay me a quarter or whatever to say the F word because she thought it was funny. You know, I mean, <laughs> I watched her do it with her step grandchildren when my brother got married and his wife had a child. She would pay this little kid money to say bad words. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. That's not cool. <laughs> and here's the spring pray for the lost. People are in the darkness. They can't see. We can't be mad at them because they can't see because they're in the darkness. But if they're tending or claiming to be a believer and they're walking in these ways, then it's your job to rebuke them and call them out of it. Um, you know, but in the end, God will deal with it.
So how's that for real talk, people? All right. Uh, I think that's... Jerry, I got your number down. I added you, so uh, you can might want to delete your number so nobody else calls you. Not everybody is a friend who, who's on this platform, just so you know. Um, you have anything else you want to say? Me? No. Okay. All right, that's it, people. I hope you had a good 4th of July. We, we did our whole neighborhood was being blown up for three hours <laughs> poor little grover he's like like this he came running to me he's like bomb and he came and he literally put his he literally this he never has done this either he literally came and ran and put his head underneath my armpit because he was so scared i was like yeah i know baby it's okay <laughs> uh anyway all right well linda thank you for tuning in jerry mia gina Deanie. You guys, thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. Hopefully this show helped you some, Barb. Um, Phyllis. I don't know who else is out there, but whoever else is out there. Remember, be bold, people. Be bold, people. Stand up. Even if you're short like me. And go with God because he loves you and he will never leave you nor forsake you. He's watching over you.